Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. One of my favorite quotes is, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. This early 18th century proverbial saying means early influences can have a permanent impact. Unfortunately, when it comes to children, they are unhealthier today than ever in history. They have more asthma, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and neurodevelopmental disorders. One of the biggest culprits is an unhealthy diet. Our guest today is Devin Alexander. Her new book is called The Land of Secret Superpowers, Vegetables. She's going to share some simple blueprints that parents can use to help children reach their optimal health. With all the uncertainties in life, one thing we know for sure is children are the future, and investing in that future starts with the food this young generation consumes. Stay tuned. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a three-time New York Times best-selling author. She spent decades as the chef on the popular TV franchise, The Biggest Loser. She was also the media expert for Decadence Without Consequences, which was fueled by her amazing success at losing and keeping off 70 pounds. In addition, she's appeared on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Phil, The View, Rachel Ray, Fox, CNN, and more. She's a contributing writer for leading food, health, nutrition, and weight loss magazines, and her latest book is called The Land of Secret Superpowers, Vegetables. It holds the secret to getting picky kids excited about and enjoying healthy eating. Welcome back to the show, Devin Alexander. Thank you so much, and I love the quote you opened your show with. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, and it's just so right on target, and you're doing that. You know, it's great to have you back. First, share with the listeners, what inspired you to write The Land of Secret Superpowers? Everybody, all kids want superpowers, so this is great. Well, as you mentioned, I had worked on The Biggest Loser, and in the process, I had a lot of moms wanting me to help me get their kids healthy, after I got them healthy. So I'm always one to add fun to everything. I feel like so many parents put ice cream and cake and fried chicken and pizza in their kids' play kitchen. And they have all sorts of fun with that. And then they come into the kitchen and they put this weird green thing on their plate. And kids are like, what is this? This isn't fun. And if we were stocking our kids' play kitchens with produce, and having them play with kale, which I did with my daughter and a ton of other kids that I've coached, then suddenly it all becomes this even, like it's food, it's fun. So long story short, between games with food and really teaching kids, instead of saying you have to eat this, tell them, did you know that spinach makes you strong? And for the older generation, we all know that as kids, when Popeye came out and was so strong, we all tried spinach to see if it would make us strong. So I wanted to teach kids that carrots make your eyes see better and avocado gives you energy and things that you want to do. You want to beat your parents in a race. And basically that's how the book came about because it worked. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know, I was a very picky eater as a kid. I did not eat veggies except for, of course, for corn. Now I love everything. But I'm wondering, is this really a taste bud rejection or just psychological for kids? They say, ah, oh, if it's good for me, it can't taste good to me. Well, see, that's the thing. I think so much of it is psychological. Yes, there's taste buds for sure. And yes, if you're having a lot of sugar, the vegetables are going to be more bitter, which is why it's so important that we don't give our kids a lot of sugar 
you know, I did the launch party for this book and we literally had a carnival of all sorts of games. Like we played mini golf with celery sticks and Brussels sprouts instead of clubs and balls. And we were doing ring toss around a butternut squash. You know, that game at carnivals where they stack the milk jugs and you knock them over with beanbags. We were doing that with butternut squash. And I'm like, oh my God, can I actually invite all these people to a party with all these kids and not have dessert? And the answer was yes. And what happened was kids were actually focused on the games and the only like cool dessert we had were like coconut rolled dates and berries and things that weren't going to make them just run to those things and then not want any vegetables. And literally there were kids there who had never had a vegetable in their life and were eating vegetables. Imagine my shock when the moms were like, they never ate vegetables. And I was like, really never? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been doing this wrong for you. You make it sound fun. I've been telling finicky, you know, children eating parents that says, you know, hey, sneak the veggies into something they like. Do you embrace that tactic or does it defeat the purpose of getting them to embrace and enjoy eating veggies? Shouldn't they sneak broccoli into their macaroni and cheese? Well, I think sneaking broccoli into their macaroni and cheese, although that one will be detected. But first of all, there's no judgment whatsoever. Let's just start there. I think that it's most empowering if you're sneaking like zucchini into actually healthy oatmeal or you're sneaking spinach into actually healthy, like a smoothie. I don't think that it is very helpful to sneak something into a brownie because then how many brownies do the kids have to eat and how many times has it been cooked and how many nutrients are really there? And then they're learning that brownies are good for them. So I have no problem with the sneaking as long as it's not sneaking into junk. <laughs> yeah, if you sneak uh, good stuff in chocolate chip cookies, now your kids hooked on chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> right, like they don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine getting kids away from the video games and TV screen and helping them prepare veggies in the kitchen would get them more excited about their meals, or if possible, even helping maybe out in the garden and watching their food grow. What's your views on that? All of the above, yes, yes, yes. The one thing I will tell you is, And I'm sure you know that mindless eating is one of the biggest things we as adults do wrong, especially now that there are so many legit screens for adults. So like I've had weight loss clients who are like, oh, yeah, I'm on a CPAP machine. So every time I travel as a traveling salesperson, I go to CVS to get the distilled water at the local CVS and I wind up getting a roll of Oreos and then I accidentally eat it in front of my computer while I'm working late at night, you know, but I use that to my favor with my daughter. So sometimes she gets this little bug in her head that she doesn't like peas. And actually, she loves frozen peas, frozen peas right out of the freezer. And I went through this phase where she was like, no, no, I don't want them. I don't want them, even though I knew she liked them. So sometimes when I'm getting dinner ready, I'll be like, oh, you can watch, you know, this 15 minute little educational show or whatever. And I'll literally put them right next to her in a little cup. And even if she said she didn't want them, she winds up eating them mindlessly. And I mean, I don't really care if they're on her plate or she eats them before or whatever. She ate them without fighting. It just, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave them there, you know, and she eats them. Like that just kind of shows how powerful the mindless eating and we like never want to eat in front of our computers and we never want to eat in front of places where we're not paying attention. Like when you honor the food and... Even if it's junk food, like I eat chocolate cake, but when I'm eating it, I'm enjoying it now. I used to like beat myself up and I just think all that, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't is rejecting. Like it's your body knowing that you shouldn't and holding on to it in a different way. Whereas if every once in a while you have a piece of cake and you're like, this is so good. 
and you're paying attention to it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I know many parents, they get at their wits end and they resort to punishment, not letting their kids leave the dinner table until they eat all their veggies off their plate. I was one of them. I remember those words. Is that a more effective tactic? Is it better to make it soothing and healthy or make it an ultimatum? No, I think it's better to make it fun. And I still, to this day, would prefer to have, I mean, I do like spinach and kale lasagna, but if I'm really trying to have an indulgent comfort food dish, I would still to this day rather have my like cheesy chorizo lasagna even that I make with my homemade healthy turkey chorizo and then eat my vegetables on the side. So that's one thing. Like if you're forcing your child to have broccoli on their pizza and then they're not wanting to eat that at all, like I think it kind of damages things. But I will say like if say you're not going to be like sugar is going to affect you in a different way if you haven't eaten X, Y, and Z. So you can't have that until you eat X, Y, and Z might be a tactic. I don't think the punishment though, don't leave the table until you've eaten. I mean, I really have just, my real, real, real philosophy is just getting the kids. Like we, as I said, we do that thing with celery and Brussels sprouts and without fail, especially when the kids are like two, they'll literally start munching on their golf club, the celery. And the parents will be like, whoa, they wouldn't even touch that before. But when they see other kids playing a game and then they join in the game and then they get curious and they've had it in their hand. And, and I know we're taught not to let our kids eat with our food and we're supposed to learn utensils and that's older and that's more developmentally, whatever. But a lot of times, especially when kids have sensory issues, allowing them to just get in. Like one of the games we played was dig for dinos. Like the way at Legoland you dig for dinos in the sand. We had one that was dig for dinos in broccoli stalks at the party and I've done it with kids before like to take the ends of your broccoli and stick them in in the freezer and then pull them out and you can have a whole bin of them and literally like the kids they get in the broccoli and then they're curious about it so it's just how much fun can you have around vegetables how much can you make that a game so it ends up in their mouth yeah you mentioned how sugar makes it sweet so then now vegetables connect seem extra bitter. Maybe that's why. So I think by now parents know that sugar is an ingredient they shouldn't be giving their kids. What's something else that you found that parents give to their kids, not realizing that maybe it's unhealthy for them? Well, the artificial colors. And like, I'm about to put a thing on my Instagram that it's funny because so many people would never give their child like Girl Scout cookies in their lunch at school. But I literally did this thing the other day that two peanut butter patties, like they used to be called peanut butter patties. Now I think they're called tagalongs have almost the nutritional equivalent of one of the like nature Valley granola bars that's in every kid's lunchbox. <laughs> I mean, like it's the same number of calories. There's actually one less gram of sugar in the peanut butter cookies. And like moms would be like, no, I'm not giving you that. I'll give you a granola bar. But it's, there's so much of that that goes on like sugar in dressing, sugar in yogurt, sugar, sugar, sugar. And there's this whole new movement and I'm curious your opinion on it, but people are saying put everything on the kid's plate at one time to demystify. And some moms are saying that that works. First of all, if kids have sensory issues and they never know when they want to stop. And I just fear that if you eat the cookie first and you get that sweetness, you're reinforcing how quote bad vegetables taste. Whereas if you eat your meal and then you end it with a sweet treat, 
I don't know. That's true. And, and you know, you're, you're one and I'm one that we both preach eat the rainbow, but I guess we should state for the record that doesn't mean Skittles, kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those food colorings and, and, you know, kids are attracted to those bright different colors and you got to watch out. You got to watch out what's making that coloring. It may not be good for you. Let me ask you this. You've had this amazing transformation. You lost 70 pounds. You kept it off. That's a rarity. And you've also helped thousands of adults do the same. But with childhood obesity at a historic high, what advice can you give to parents to help their kids keep the fat off before it forms? So if we catch it early, like we said in the beginning, as the twig is bent, how do we stop it in the beginning? Well, again, like look for places that you can insert fun with vegetables. You know, sometimes I am a dork. And my daughter, when she was little, I would be like, please dance, please dance, please, please, please dance. And I would dance around and like shake them and like keep them away from her because kids like to play grab the object. And she would grab the object and then eat it like her little cup of peas that was making like a rattling sound. And then at one point, she's like, I don't like celery. And then I picked up the celery and I put a little face on it with olives. And I was like, I'm so sad. You really don't like me? And like, then she was laughing and then she ate it. So it's just like, I get that it's stressful and I get that people aren't as passionate. But for me, I actually have so much fun with it. As I said, it's almost more fun than the other food. Like my daughter eats more vegetables, but like she, protein is her thing. It's hard to get her to eat protein. <laughs> I wonder if you get any parents writing in and go, you know, this was a lot of fun to get my kids to eat veggies, but I'm eating more now. Well, they, <laughs> it's converted me. Yeah, No, it is a little bit. I mean, as adults, I guess we all have our blocks too. And like case in point, there was a company that had these rice things. And like, for whatever reason, when I first heard about it, I'm like, I'm not going to like that. Like, I just decided I wasn't going to like it. And then they were going to potentially one of the other brands that the company owns wanted to do a partnership with me and include that one. And I was like, Oh, God, I have to try this. And I tried it. And now I'm eating it all the time. So I was like, wow, I just had a total toddler moment. I have no idea why I decided that that wasn't going to taste good. And now I love it. So I I do think (laughs) a lot of it is we get things in our mind. And then the other thing I will say is like one ingredient can make all the difference in the world. So I've talked a lot about not having sugar. The one thing that I do have that has a significant amount of sugar in it is there's this poppy seed dressing that I think has like five grams of sugar for like two tablespoons. And at first glance, it's like five grams of sugar. That's a ton for a salad. But my daughter will literally eat an entire cup of raw spinach if I put one teaspoon of that dressing on there. So, and it really does taste sweet. So that's basically one gram of sugar, not even really, for the one teaspoon that I actually measure out and put on her salad. So I'm totally fine with that. But it's like just being really aware of every product. And as I said, like the Girl Scout cookies versus the granola bars, like I think that would shock people. I mean, I know it shocked me. I knew granola bars, the granola bars that I compared them to aren't the best, but they're the most common brand out there. Yeah, I think for the kid, well, you should have a hashtag TTM, which is something you said before that I've never heard. Total toddler moment. And you start (laughs) (laughs) TTM. I love it. <laughs> Have a whole series on that. You're like, man, this got pretty popular for even thanks for the advice. <laughs> yeah, that is good, actually. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. I know your book focuses on children embracing healthy eating, but what do you say to the soccer moms and dads out there that opt to go the convenient fast food route using the excuse, there's just not enough time to shop and cook fresh food? Time, that four-letter word. <laughs> I mean, I more try to give them suggestions about other things that you can do. 
And I mean, I realize it's so disappointing to me how expensive so many healthy foods are, but it's a matter of, you know, even if you're on a budget, like I know for a fact, you can order like a giant thing of pretzels at Walmart, I think like 60 bags of pretzels or something for like 15, $16. So they come out to like 25 cents each. So if you're really on a budget like that, like instead of bringing the donut or the candy, at least bring pretzels. Like again, much better if there's something with peanut butter in it or nuts or something, you know, assuming there aren't allergies, as opposed to popsicles that people try to convince me even. They'll be like, oh, they're natural. And I'm like, natural is sugar. <laughs> they have fruit in them. I'm like, yeah, as the third ingredient after corn syrup and sugar. So I don't know. I mean, it's just read packages, do your best. Like if you don't have money, I get that it's harder to do it, but there are ways to shop online, especially these days to get, you know, things. Yeah. What about busy parents? What's your opinion on maybe spending just one day, maybe Sunday meal prepping for the week and that way they can uh, eat healthy during their busy work. We cannot use the TIME excuse. Exactly. And the thing is what I say to parents who tell me they don't have time. I'm like, do you spend any time with your child during the week? What if you buy a couple new fun cooking tools, wrap them like fun cooking tools, meaning a cherry pitter, which my daughter loves doing. Like she squeezes and she's been doing since she was three, like squeezing the pit out of a cherry. And there's like grape cutters that are, you know, same thing. You're pushing a button, you're working on your kids, fine motor skills. So I just think it's so interesting that if our kids are struggling with their homework, we're going to take that time. But our health, that is so important. I mean, for us, it's fun time. And again, like yesterday, we posted a video, I mean, even grocery shopping, like introducing your kids to exotic produce. Like we just posted this video that my daughter was grabbing all the produce and she's like, mommy, we need chickpeas. And like people were laughing, like we need chickpeas. I'm like, it was an emergency (laughs) from a five-year-old, you know, and like making nachos from tortilla, like using good corn tortilla chips or grain-free chips, adding lean protein, adding some lettuce on top, adding really good ingredients and being like, do you want nachos for dinner? the way you do it. Like if you get so excited, even if they don't end up eating it, you know, it's not like eat your vegetables. It's like, we're going to have nachos tonight and see what happens. <laughs> so true. I, I know you've created several viral videos with millions of views on your fit mom, fit kids platform. What have you found to be the biggest lesson that moms need to learn when it comes to providing for their kids? What jumps out? Oh God, the biggest lesson. I mean, just fun. Like so many people are stressed out. And when you start with stress, you're going to have a tougher time. I have this video that's called roll the radishes and my daughter didn't, she used to love radishes. And that's one of the things, like if they've liked the food in the past and then they picky away from it, those are one of the first ones that I tell parents to go back to and have fun with, because if they've ever liked it, they probably don't dislike it. You know, as I said, with my daughter in the frozen peas, she loved them. And then suddenly randomly she hated them. And she goes through, like she went through a phase where she hated avocado so I made, quote, dino toast. She loved dinosaurs. So I literally just picture making avocado toast using one single dinosaur cookie cutter, cutting out the dinosaur, giving that to her. You eat the scraps. There's no waste. And suddenly she thought it was so much fun that she ate it again. Yeah. So really the key is just make eating healthy fun. I mean, boom, that says it all. That's fantastic. In the minute we have left, anything else you'd like to share that we didn't cover today? Get my book, of course, because it will teach kids why they want to choose to instead of telling them to. They can beat mommy in a race or daddy in a race. They can have tons of energy to be a soccer star, basketball star, or whatever star they want to be. 
I'm joking about by the book, but whether you buy the book or not, that is the core message. Teach your kids why. Teach your kids what it's going to do. And then don't pressure on the vegetables. Just have them around. Even if my daughter comes home and she's like, I want a bar. She said she wanted a waffle. I was like, you're not having a waffle. I made you a yogurt bowl. And then she saw the yogurt bowl and she ate the yogurt bowl. Sometimes it's just having it there. So when they walk in the door, like that prep that you did with them, the one or two nights a week that you were going to spend an hour with them anyway, doing something and being silly and playing your favorite music and cooking can then turn into when they come home from school, there's a platter of vegetables on the counter and they're hungry. So they just grab them. Yeah. And when you're doing an art project, just stick a plate of vegetables there. Don't touch them. Don't say anything. Just stick them there and see if they wind up munching. <laughs> yeah, don't make an issue of it. That's great. Just kind of sneak it over there and go, oh, they're gone. It worked. <laughs> Whereas if you if you made an issue of it, they might not be gone. I love that. Yeah, and if they say they don't want them, just say, okay, that's fine. And then, you know, just keep them there. <laughs> I keep them there, walk away and like, oh, okay. She said it's okay. Maybe now because she says it's fine, I'm going to try one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Such great information. Appreciate you being here. Let's not wait so long again. I love love having you on the show. And uh, the book is called The Land of Secret Superpowers Vegetables. Get your copy and you can learn more and get that copy at devinalexander.com. And while there, be sure and check out the many resources she has available, including articles, videos, recipes, and more. You can follow Devin on Facebook at Devin Alexander and two places on Instagram at Fit. Mom Kids and Devin Alexander from my daily health post. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram. I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that could benefit somebody you know, maybe a picky children eater parent, let them know. Send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. And check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. I always say sharing is caring. Don't keep it to yourself. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.